to the second episode of Growing Your Successful Business, the weekly podcast all about small business. And today I'm super excited to have uh, my banker, Paul Long on. Hello, Paul. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Paul with uh, Timberland Bank. How do you say it? What? Timberland Bank? Yes. Oh, yeah. People call us Timberline Bank. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things. Don't you say Timberland? Oh, Timberland Bank. Never mind. I was like, where are you going I'll I'll, uh, I'll write you a better note next time. So, thanks. Why why don't you uh, just take a few minutes and tell the audience all about yourself so they know who they're listening to. So, um, so my name is Paul Long, Senior Vice President, uh, Business Banking. Congratulations, by the way. New promotion. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have been in the banking industry for over 20 years. Um, started a week after my 16th birthday as a bank teller with a large institution. And most people now have to be 18 before they do that. Um, and then I became a branch manager at the age of 18. I was a district manager in retail at the age of about 21. Wow. And, you know, when you when you work up so fast in, in there, you really get tired of babysitting grown adults because that's really what it turns into. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So um, I really enjoyed the business banking side, and I said, well, shoot, I should do that. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly what I've been doing for probably 13, 14 years of that, and it's absolutely wonderful. And I worked with uh, Timberland Bank, just a phenomenal institution. I've uh, been around for over 105 years, and they just do things differently, and it's, it's phenomenal. Nice. Phenomenal bank to work for. Nice. Nice. So what size companies do you generally work with? So I work with businesses of all sizes, small, medium, large, extra large, as I call it. Um, I can do things like, you know, small lines of credit, you know, 25, 30,000. And I can do, you know, large construction projects for, you know, to build this building or something like that for, right. you know, uh, 20 million. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty nice to be able to have that flexibility. Cool. And yeah. Okay. Love it. So you know what you're talking about, it sounds like. So uh, uh, tell us about your personal life. You got uh, wife, kids, all that good stuff? Personal life. Man, I got a great wife who's a school teacher over in Auburn. Um, could not be doing what I'm doing without her. She's phenomenal. Um, I have two great kids. I have a seven-year-old. Uh, his name's Parker. Um, he's a lot of fun. And I have a young 18-month-old. I, I, he's one. Right. I don't know why people do the month. Thing. I don't, I really, I don't, yeah, I don't know. And at what point, you know, yeah. you're 28 months. Whenever yeah. I have to sit there and calculate math. No. Right. I do that during the day. Don't make me do it outside. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. And for fun, what do you do besides karaoke on random Friday nights? Uh, yeah, of course you'd have to mention that, Brian. <laughs> hey, so uh, love traveling. Man, Steph and I love to do um, traveling. We love international travel. Um, so traveling, camping, glamping, uh, that's kind of been a new thing we've been doing. Gotcha. Um, so back to karaoke, Desperado is your best song probably then, or do you think you have something else that can beat that? Uh, I don't know. It all depends on how many you know Jack Daniels and Cokes I have. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Desperado is your, your best. Oh, most entertaining, you. I should say. Maybe not best, but Maybe most entertaining. Maybe that'll be a bonus here to the podcast. <laughs> Next I'll, time, for I sure. I will sing Desperado. <laughs> Next time. Uh, <laughs> Sadie, I don't think is going to enjoy that nearly as much as, as hearing about your wife, Stephanie. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay, and and uh, so people get a feel for who you are. You know, on the uptight banker scale, one to ten, where a one is just a guy who has to drive a sob, and a ten being a guy who won't let his kids spend any money and put every penny in 
a piggy bank and studies FDIC uh, rulings on weekends for a hobby. Where, where do you rank yourself there? Now, as much as FDIC rulings are very entertaining, <laughs> um, I would probably give myself maybe a 5-6. A 5-6 five, five, on the five, Banker six. scale. Okay. I, I guess so. I mean, right. um, you know, I really I, I enjoy, I can really nerd out on some of the details. Mm-hmm. Um, SBA lending, I, I'll sit down and read. The, so, so far you're sounding like an 8 or 9 to me, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, and uh, did you catch the podcast last week by chance? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just in passing. In passing. Really? Okay. Um, anything you want Careful. to note about that? <laughs> you don't want to mention that you were in the shower listening to me on a podcast? That's... Well, hey, you know, you, you got to take the information where you can, <laughs> and that's the beauty of podcasts. That's right. So that's right. Record that, BD Local. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, and just to kind of set the framework, what we're going to do here today, I've asked Paul to bring some examples of what folks do well, what folks don't do well, um, and just for us to fill Paul in on what it's like to go talk to a commercial banker or a personal banker, for that matter. Um, I liken it to going to the doctor, and if you're going to buy a car, you're going in for a checkup, you're going to get your credit score pulled, uh, that's kind of like going to the doctor for a checkup, you step on the scale, and eh, it's not what we want it to be, but, you know, it's a quick, dirty analysis on, on things, but they're not going to club you over the head with it unless you're a, a 385 credit score or you weigh 642 pounds. Either way, they're going to, you know, but short of extremes like that, you're not going to really get uh, beat up too bad. But when you talk to a banker and you have to give your balance sheet and your personal financial statement and your P&L, you're essentially stripping off every ounce of clothing you have so and true. all the, all the you know, now again, if you look like Brad Pitt or Bradley Cooper, I suspect, you know, financially, uh, it's sure. not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> if you look like I do physically in the financial sense, uh, where you're, you know, you spend your time trying to hide fat rolls and hair growing out of orifices that aren't super appealing and things like that. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, as you strip down for the doctor or in the banker in in this world, um, it's a little, it's a little uh, unnerving. Uh, folks don't necessarily like it, hence them avoiding it. Um, much like people avoid going to the doctor, but I kind of see it being kind of a similar thing. Uh, the banker is there to to help you assess your financial health, much like a doctor does your physical health. Um, but it's still, all, it's still painful for the, for the patient. It can be. <laughs> um, so uh, why don't we just uh, give, give me some examples of folks, uh, some things you've seen folks do that just absolutely drive you crazy or they were kind of careening down a path heading for a brick wall and, and didn't know it. Or, uh, you know, give us some examples of some, some stuff folks do that you're, you just kind of wish they wouldn't. Absolutely. So sometimes I do some speaking with groups and such, and I'll talk about um, what not to do when you go to a bank. And so one of the things that happens all the time is they'll come in, they'll sit down, and they'll say, you know, I need um, I, I need a new building or whatever the case is. Great. You know, let's let's see what we can do. And usually my first question is, well, you know, how much money do you have down, or how much do you need, or what? I start asking <laughs> down. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, for those of you that at uh, listening on the podcast, brought, uh, Paul brought with him a no button. So well, if you hear this in the no, background, no, 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 no. Um, that's that's what he's hitting his no button. I, I was teasing him that some institutions have an easy button and and he has a no button. Well, hey, it depends. We're, it depends what you're talking about. But so back to your example. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so um, you lost me. Down payment. Thank you. Down payment. Thank you. It'd bring me back. Um, so like down payment, you know, they'll say, well, you know, I don't want to put any money down. Well, I'm sorry. Well, I don't have much to give. <laughs> I mean, you got to be able to have some sort of skin in the game. And right. I, and that's a big piece on there. Or when they come in and they say, um, I need a line of credit. Oh, God, this one's my favorite. Um, 
I need a line of credit. Okay, how much do you need? I don't know. How much can you give me? There's my door. I right. just, I can't, you're coming in with no plan and you just want the bank to finance, give you this massive line of credit. Right. Um, a lot of people, um, you know, oh, bigger, bigger the better line of credit. You know, I'm not going to go in there, but there, there's a lot of businesses that just want a million dollar line of credit to have a million dollar line of credit. You can't, you need to have a plan. You need to be able to say why you need a million dollar line of credit. Um, you know, would we do a million dollar line of credit? Yeah. But what does that look like on the collateral side? And, and you know, do you have money to be able to afford a million dollar line of credit? What right. a concept. So I'm going to fix your microphone here just for a second. Oh, I'm going to put that there. Sorry. Um, and let's talk about lines of credit for a minute. So, and, and by the way, uh, for you and our listeners, um, every time you say it depends, I'm going to charge you $10 and give it to the, your local charity of choice. Fair enough. <laughs> And that panic look on Paul's face right now is priceless. So, uh, uh, okay. okay, let's talk about lines of credit. So what is a line of credit supposed to be for? Well, it depends. $10. That's $10 <laughs> right there already out, right out the gate. So generally speaking, lines of credit are for um, cash flow, for, for the cash flow. Uh, you know, say, for example, if you have accounts receivable, you have businesses that owe you or consumers that owe you. Um, that's what's called accounts receivable. Well, accounts receivables those can really add up for a lot of businesses. Well, if it's going to take them 30 days to pay you, you're paying your bills right up the front. So you need to be able to have the flexibility to be able to make your own payments. Um, so it's there for like a three payroll month. If you're, if you're paying every two weeks, twice a year, you're going to have a three payroll month. It's there for those kinds of things. That's a great example. What um, about, what about uh, equipment purchases or machinery purchases or, you know, things like that? Pet peeve, man. <laughs> No, the answer you is no. You can't okay. do that. Okay, um, why, why not? Well, so so many times people use, so line of credit is used for short term. And what banks really use short term as is under a year. So are you going to pay that off within a year? Then feel free to put it on your line of credit. Are you going to absolutely put um, some sort of long-term fixed assets, a big piece of machine that makes boxes or whatever the case is, are you going to put that on a line of credit, my God, no. You're going to want to put that on a term loan. Unless so, you're going to pay it off in less than a year. Correct. If you're rich okay. and you can pull that off, my gosh, go okay. for it. Gotcha. But don't, don't do vehicles unless you're going to pay it off in a year. Um, don't do any sort of hard asset on there, again, as long as you're going to pay it off in a year. So one time, I don't know, a year or two ago, you and I were talking about this um, uh, for our business. And you explained to me that a line of credit withdrawal should look like a heartbeat on whatever that thing is called where they That's show the heartbeat. Exactly. And it's, you know, static for a while, and then there's a big blip, and then it's static for a while, and a big blip. Exactly. And, and That's that, a great example of, as, as the heartbeat, uh, because we want to see it down there where, again, our heartbeat goes down. Well, right. we need to be able to have it down there for a while. You know, banks look for, um, you know, sometimes 10 days, 15 days, 30 days a year that they want it to be at zero, can, sometimes consecutively, mm -hmm. sometimes. And again, every business is different. So it, again, it's, it depends. So, but a perfect use of a line of credit would be a zero balance. Uh, that's $20, by the way. A zero <laughs> balance uh, for 87 days, uh, $100,000 balance for three days, and back to zero again, because you were getting through a three payroll month and you had some receivables coming in that paid for it. That's what you would like to see in an ideal world. That is ideal. Okay. Absolutely. Right. It, gotcha. Banks not necessarily like that because we're not making as much interest. So it's kind of, you have to think about that is what side of the yeah, table. It's really, really unfortunate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, besides lines of credit, what else do you see that folks are doing that you just kind of shake your head at? So I look at a business uh, from, from the business owner standpoint as the business is a cash machine. 
So what are you going to do to either increase more cash from that cash machine to give you more cash, or are you going to do something that's going to hurt it where it's going to be out of money and you can't take much? So, you know, there, there, there's, in, in my business, I see so many different success stories and I see so many issues. And, and so one of the things that I've seen, you know, recently is, is a situation where um, a, a business, uh, it was a, a, you know, kind of a startup business, which those are generally hard to finance. But what they, they had a great business plan, they had uh, great support, they had a great, um, uh, great way to move forward. What they, what they did is that they grew it. They were making plenty of cash. They were paying themselves great. They were making double payments on their loan. I mean, it, it, was, it was every banker's dream loan. Right. Um, but what happened was they are like, well, they got a little bit greedy. Well, maybe within six months, let's do this, and it generates more money. Okay, well, are this, you... This, like, open a second location or start a franchise? Let's expand. Expand, okay. Expanding. And so they, um, the space next door became available. They went and they, they did that. Um, and they, um, it, it, w- it was a complementary business, so it, it kind of made sense. Um, one side was kind of focused on more of the evening, where the one on the other side would do more during the day. So mm-hmm. you got money. You're, you're getting your cash machine is moving all day long. That's great. Um execution wasn't necessarily the best um and so it just it wasn't it wasn't working real well so understand so far what you're saying for a business owner manager somebody who's trying to grow their business what you're saying is absolutely 100 percent contrary to everything they're trying to do (laughs) their entire goal their entire goal is to grow their business so you're going to have to expand you're going to have to to take risks you're going to have to do things otherwise you would never stop being the one man show selling hot dogs on the street. And, and you're absolutely right. And so help, help people understand what that balance is supposed to look like. Because we, we you know, again, you have the you no know button here for a reason, right? Um, <laughs> so from your perspective, it doesn't make sense to do these, these expansions. But on the other hand, Amazon sold books and now they sell. I bought a bee trap on Amazon last night and a book and uh, uh, a flower hanging pot uh, hanger. <laughs> They sell everything, and uh, uh, they start with books. So sure. Amazon, Jeff Bezos would not be the richest man in the world had he stuck to books. You're absolutely so, right. So give us, uh, give us uh, the, what's, what's kind of the balance here you're looking for? Well, you have to take calculated risks. You need to have, you know, it, do you have people around you that are helping you make this decision? Or are you just waking up one morning and saying, I got a good idea? Um, you know, you really need to make those calculated decisions, have some sort of advisor. There's plenty of, you know, people out there willing that want to help you. Um, there's services like SCORE, Small Business Development Center that are free resources across the nation that can help you to really be able to, to assist so, you So you, you care about more the planning and execution than you care about what the thing is then? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if you, want, if you want to create something brand new that's never been to market, you know, uh, bankers are naturally conservative, you know, people, and that's what it is. But you just got to have a really good plan. And so, you know, in this case, um, you know, again, the cash machine. Well, unfortunately, that that other side, you know, wasn't doing as well. So then they said, you know what, I'm just going to change everything into something totally different. Well, ugh. and it just and it just <laughs> and it just went down from there. And it's just it, it's really. It, it was really sad. Again, you had a cash machine that was pumping out cash, and then all of a sudden the cash machine stops, and then there goes, you know, there goes the business for the owner. There goes the a problem loan for a bank, and it's just, 
you know, if you would have stuck with the original plan, you know, wouldn't be a millionaire, but would also be, you know, the cash machine would still be running. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, um, other, I guess, challenges, because I guess everyone likes to see a good train wreck, right? Right. <laughs> or hear about it, right? Right, right, right. The yeah, yeah. Well, the nitty-gritty. That's what it's all about. <laughs> and the beauty here is we get to learn from other people's mistakes. And, and as I've told folks before, um, in our own path, you know, myself and my partners running and growing our business, every couple of years you encounter something that's a real education. And um, those aren't generally free. <laughs> They're generally pretty expensive in either time or money or both or stress or whatever and so anytime any of us can learn from somebody else's op- you know mistake that's a that's a blessing we'll gladly take absolutely and i think <laughs> business owners want to of course they want to hear successes that's great but sure. you want to kind of hear what what did people run into you know <clears throat> how did they trip and fall why did they trip and fall right. um and, and you learn from people's mistakes and right. i think that that's a massive thing um you know another um thing is having a plan with your banker um Sitting down with your banker should not be every single time I need something, you know, you go to the banker, I need a new truck, I need a line of credit, I need, I need. What about sit down, you know what, beginning of the year is always a great time to sit down with your banker, to be able to sit down and say, hey, this is what we want to do in 2019 and twenty. So again, going back to the doctor analogy, don't just go when you stub your toe and you need some Vicodin. You go. need an annual physical, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Which is extremely painful, but we still get to do it. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, having that plan with your banker. So um, I have some uh, customers, great customers that uh, purchase a lot of uh, equipment every year because it's just their type of business, heavily depreciated um, um, types of fixed assets. And so buying equipment sometimes too quickly can also be a problem because, again, banks want the number one thing we look for is cash flow from the business. We want to make sure that you can afford the, the payment of the money we're and giving the, you. And the old adage is sense. you have to prove to the banker you can afford to not take the loan to get the loan. Right. Banks, men, <laughs> banks lend money when people need it the least. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just make sure we're on the same page there. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and that's why you get lines of credit when you don't need it for when you do need it. Um, you know, but in this case, you know, buying equipment, you know, too quickly and having that plan is, you know, if you, if you know you're going to buy eight pieces of machinery or whatever the heck you're going to buy that year, you know, have a plan with your banker because we have to put this thing together and we have to know how we have to paint this picture in order to get it approved. And so, um, you know, I have a situation where a business that just goes out there and just buys as much as they want to. Well, they just, every time I get a debt schedule from them, they have four or five new debts. And it's like, well, first of all, where am I? Hi. Right. <laughs> I, I loan money, by the way. I, I do. Right. <laughs> and we do business together. Right, but right, whatever. Right. Um, you know, but what happens is, is we, and this is probably about as technical as I'll try to get on this podcast, is we care about the net cash flow and what we call EBITDA when we're looking at cash flow for a business. And that is pretty much your net income adding back depreciation, amortization, um, and some of those other types of things. And so based on that, can you afford your payment at least 1.2 to 1.25 times? Annually. Annually, correct. So you take your annual net profit, just a simple way to do it, you know, divided by your your annual payments on all your debts. Can you afford your payment? So if my debts, if 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 I have a million dollars in debt for easy math, which I don't, thank goodness, but if I have a million dollars in debt and my payments are $50,000 a year or $100,000 a year, whatever that number is, Mm -hmm. can I do that for 15 months? 
Exactly. That, that's a great example. Okay. Um, and so, you know, when, when you're when you're buying all those equipment, you know, all those monthly payments, you know, uh, ho- ho- I guess the biggest thing is hopefully, you know, you need the equipment for maybe a job, you know, say, for example, you're in construction. Okay. So you need three more excavators because you have this big, huge city job, state job, whatever the right. case is. So, you know, a lot of times bankers may have to underwrite that on a projected income basis. Mm-hmm. Again, we're, we, no. we well, <laughs> thank you. See, that's why right. I bought the thing. Right. <laughs> so, okay, just to, just to back up for a second. So, if 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 your if your income is such that you can pay those debts for twelve months, you're breaking even. That's what you're saying. You want to see fifteen months because you got to show that you can afford it plus a little bit. Right. The one point two five. We want to be able one to one is I can make my. So I, I suspect period. folks probably come in and say, "Here's how much I made last year. Here's what you say. You know, the loan's going to cost me this amount." I have that much. I can do that. And you're saying, well, you can do that 1.0 times. <laughs> you can't do it right. 1.25 times, and that's scary. Because we like to underwrite based on historical, not projective. Right. So, again, historical, you know, it, but, again, there's different loan programs out there. SBA, Small Business Administration, has great programs where you can go ahead and do that, and we can underwrite it based on projections. But generally speaking, most businesses can't afford that. But like in this case where um, this person was just buying, 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 and all of a sudden they come to me for something unrelated, and I start doing the math, and, you know, they're under one. Well, that's a pickle. That's going to be a, a real problem. Right. So, again, having that plan with your banker. So what people should know then is whatever your debt is, that if you can – and so take your P&L side-by-side side with your debt schedule – if your payments are right at a year is what your your profit is for the company and the EBITDA, mm-hmm. um, you're in trouble. Fine, you know, for the bank uh, for the banker and Absolutely. and and EBITDA. Um, uh, some folks uh, have asked me what what EBITDA means, and you said you know it's your earnings. The technical term is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Right. I always say it's your it's your it's your earnings before you start playing games with the IRS. That is, that, <laughs> thank you. That's absolutely perfect. Right. That's a so good. so for most small businesses, they're using QuickBooks or something like that. You run your P and L for the year. At the bottom line, that's your EBITDA more or less. Generally speaking, right. exactly. I mean, it, it might be off a little bit here and there, but more or less, that's what it is. Correct. So that number, if that can pay your bills, one point two five years. Then, then you're good to go. 1.25 times, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. That, that's a general kind of takeaway on there. Sure. Um, and what do you call that thing? I, and again, I hope we're not getting too super nerdy and technical here with bank talk, but we need a whiteboard. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping we get to more of the train wreck stuff here in a minute. But cr- real quick, what do they call the DSRC or something like that? Or uh, debt service coverage ratio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the, the DSCR. DSCR. So if your banker says DSCR. No, they're looking to see how much of your, how many, how many times you can pay your bills, pretty much. Absolutely. Okay. Sorry. What okay. else you got? Train wrecks. Okay. Back yes. to train wrecks. Right. I'm sorry. Just absolutely love that. My bad. Um, you know, I have an, another one with um, a a great client of mine, super friendly guy. He came to me and sat down. He goes, "I want to build a building." Okay, great. You know, what kind of down payment do you have? We started getting all the strategy on this, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, one thing you may want to know is, you know, there's." permits you have to find the land like you don't just go out there and just kind of look at a piece of you know and start constructing a building right there's a lot of that you know bureaucracy that goes on sure and so he goes oh no it can't be that hard can't be that hard all right yeah okay so he starts looking around land prices are really high and i go hey you know what go out go out get get drawings get you know try to figure out what you want 
you know, he says, well, architects are really expensive. Right. You don't say. Sp- spend a bunch of money before you know you can spend the money, right? Exactly. And then so, you know, Again, contrary to how most business owners operate, you understand that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And so. Just we're on the same page here. Sure. <laughs> and then you go out and you, um, you know, started looking at, at the budget when the, you know, the contractors out there, first of all, when you find a contractor, there's a lot of contractors out there. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. There's more bad ones. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Glad you said that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he went out there and found a contract and got this budget and just jaw dropped and said, oh, there's just, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do it. Oh, thank you. Right. It's funny. I told you that three months ago, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, and so he comes back and instead he finds a building that's exactly what he wanted. It's already constructed. Right. I can do that in a heartbeat. Bing, bang, boom. Got it financed. Right. That's good. He's like, well, then I need to get some tenant improvements done. Okay. Let's get the contractor. All of a sudden, he can't find a contractor. Well, he found a contractor. <laughs> this and must have been circa 2017, 2018, somewhere when you couldn't find a contractor if you wanted to. Exactly. <laughs> it was in the last year. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, again, contractors, you should, you know, just, just in the name, you should know the, who the contractor is or what in their name, general contractor, whatever. Well, in this case, it was blank painting. <laughs> Okay, so as I'm looking at the contract, I'm like, oh, okay, so he's going to paint the inside, and then yeah. who's going to do the rest? Right. Oh, he's going to be the general. He's going to do everything. Perfect. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> I, okay. And so um, he um, start, starts, through the, starts through the process. And so a simple tenant improvement project, you know, building up a few walls for an office, putting in some electrical. I mean, it, it's a shell of, of a building, not, nothing real big. And then um, – so like two months goes by. I'm like, are you done with your project? I need to kind right. of wrap this yeah, thing yeah. up. Dude, don't get me started. I hate contractors. And starts going off. <laughs> and he's like, he still hasn't started. And he oh, permits. <laughs> and he's raised his price 20%. And yeah. then there's this and that. And I'm just like, oh, and you wanted to build a building. And yeah. so we ha- we now have this little like banter right. back and sure. forth yeah, about yeah. building. Um, so let's take it today. Seven months later, he finally got it all done. Wow. Um, he was lucky enough that he did it on a fixed price contract. Perfect. Okay. So fixed price contract, this is what it's cost, period. I don't care if there's overages. Mm-hmm. It's a fixed price contract. Right. Well, but but it costs more than that. Right. And so you come to me and want money. Yeah. And Well, no, I, I'm working with the borrower. Sorry, painter. Yeah. I, can't, I can't do that. Right. Oh, the, the contractor came to you. The oh, contractor gotcha. came. Nice. That's usually a red flag, by yeah, the way, nice. when the contractor comes to me. I, yeah. I give money to the borrower, not right. to me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but so finally, I mean, the, the, my, my borrower got a heck of a deal, <laughs> is all I can say, because of the fixed price contract. Sure. But it took him seven months, right. and he had to shut down his business for few weeks wow. and again that 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 hurts sure um but you know he, he's happy now but again every time i see him he's just like dude i owe you a beer yeah <laughs> I, I should, i'm so glad i never built i mean and, and again if you know what you're doing in the building process building can be great absolutely right. do it um you know i do construction projects and there's many that go great and there's some that are challenges um just just be aware when you're going into it that what the environment that you're in. You know, we're in the top of the economy right now. Right. You know, contractors should be absolutely busy. Right. If you find one all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm available. Yeah. 
And the other thing to keep in mind with these kind of projects is whatever the price is, add fifty percent to it, and whatever the time frame is, double it. Pretty much is how to. How True, to... or even better, as I learned in this lesson, get a fixed price contract. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then who cares? Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a that's a rarity nowadays to find somebody. It who'll really do that. is. Yeah, Absolutely. So. Usually on smaller tenant improvement sure. jobs. So. What else you got? Um, you know, there's um, <laughs> so banks. We lend. You know, we do a lot of different types of lending. So. Um, we have one um, type of business that uh, purchased a building, they, they constructed the building, everything was great, moved their business in, very profitable. And so as bankers, we do site visits. We'll drive by, you know, make sure everything's going okay. Well, one time I drove by, and it was, look inside, and I'm like, nothing's there. It's all gone. That right. is like the ultimate fear of a banker is when you do a site visit and the business is gone. <laughs> Either the business has been burnt down. Yeah, the patient died. Oh, the patient died. Exactly. That's when you have a bad day. Right. So you drive by, and I'm like, what happened? There's a sign on the door. He's like getting a car accident trying to drive into the parking lot. Look there, and it says, you know, we moved. That's weird. We built you the building. Yeah. So we moved. Okay. So you look and you, I'm like, well, I gotta go check this out. Where'd you move to? And you know, they're 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 in a different area that's you know that they're renting. I'm thinking to myself, what the heck? Well, what they did is um, they ended up renting out because they could get more from renting out the building. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so from a business sense, makes makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know, I can't. You know, logic. I get that. But sometimes you have to understand who you're renting to. <laughs> So, you know, there's this little thing in Washington, you know, um, marijuana. Yeah. And so what happened in this case is they had a person who was willing to pay above market average uh, in order to rent this space. In cash? Probably (laughs) in really smelly cash, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, and and in this case, that's what happened. So they moved out because they were going to make more money in there. And you know what? I mean, from a business standpoint... It makes sense. But again, what about the bank standpoint? What if, you know, it's a state regulated thing versus a fe- it's still, right, it's federal, still illegal right. federal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so they rented it out. Well, what do you do in that case? You know, and, and again, er- every case is different on this. And so at this point, you know, this business is still exactly where they, they moved out and it's working. But again, in an ideal situation, banks don't lend to the 502 industry. Yeah. Uh, so real, to not that not that I think we're talking to a bunch of folks who are looking to start marijuana distributing companies, but um, where, where are we out with that? Just, uh, just out of curiosity. Our, uh, last I heard a couple years ago, they couldn't use banks or something like there was some, you know, they had to kind of do everything on cash basis and they couldn't even deposit the money in banks because it's federally illegal and things like they that. They had a so lot of safes and what's, all that. Yeah, so what, what's, what's the status nowadays on that? So you, there are certain banks um, within the state that can actually do the deposits for okay. 502s. Okay. Timberland Bank. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I know. <laughs> so we do happily <laughs> do the deposits. Yeah. Because you got to think about it. What happens if the federal changes their law all of a sudden, you know, or I'm sorry, if the state decides to change their mind? You know, what, what happens? Well, we just close the accounts and do a check. We're good. Right. Okay. Well, when you lend to those, you, you just can't, what, I'm going to shut down your loan. Well, I'm still out the money. I still need repayment. It's a right. little bit harder. Okay. But, but to answer your question, it's still state. It's states where the issue, uh, I'm sorry, federal is where the issue is. It's legal for the state, but it's still illegal federal. So it's certain state chartered banks, state types of okay. banks and credit unions can, gotcha. can do the deposit. So if it's, a, if it's a national bank like 
B of A, they're out. No, if yeah. it's a if it's a lo- regional local bank, they're they're probably okay then. Yeah, yeah okay. No, just, okay. just curiosity again. I don't I don't think I know anybody who's looking to start a marijuana store, but yeah, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things I see with with folks as they start out with you know small operations and grow um, to bigger, medium, small, you know, small still or medium, large, whatever operations, is um, figuring out how to how much to pay themselves. And one of the things I see with folks that start businesses is um, they're in a hurry to to live that quote unquote millionaire business owner lifestyle, and um, they spend rather than um, invest. If that makes sense, um, you know, I, I I I know at this point dozens of people who've started small businesses that that you know six months or a year later. I look at them and, and they're vacationing, you know, every few months, which I got no problem with that. I, I like to vacation myself. Yes, you um, <laughs> but they're but they're doing it, you know, in year one or year two, and um, and when I ask, you know, hey, well, you know, are you are you how are you going to grow your business? So oh, you know, I'm I'm doing really well. Things are really going great. And then um, fast forward seven months later, and you know, they're not looking for a job or something like that. And I just I've seen that a ton where where folks um, I mean everybody wants to 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 be financially secure that's what we're all going to work for and that's what we're all doing our thing for there's there's no question what would you tell folks when they're starting on a new business you know how to kind of pace that I mean you, you got to keep you know you can't live like a, a a pauper until you're seventy and then live like a king but you can't live like a king until you're forty eight and then live like a pauper the rest of your life so. That's a great point. What 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 would you say for folks? What's kind of the balance as they're starting out a small business and growing it? How do you figure out when to pay yourself? Well, I mean, obviously, profitability plays a part into that. You know, um, when for example, when we do SBA loans, um, we always want to make sure that the business is at least, especially for startups or any sort of that, are they at least paying at least twenty five thousand a year to yourself? Because that's almost minimum wage. Right. And forgive me, I don't know minimum wage right now, but it, it's got to be close to that, around twenty five a year. Yeah, and you know, it, there's got to be some. I think it's thirteen fifty, which would be about twenty eight thousand here or something like that. Okay, so yeah. rounding up. Yeah, you know, and then a lot of business owners use distributions, so they distribute the profitability at the end of the year right. or quarterly or however they do that. You know, it it it, it depends. Is that four, three, <sighs> three. four, three? thirty okay. bucks? 30 which charity? Which charity are you picking, by the way? Oh well, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm going to do the same thing with the lawyer and the CPA, by the way. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> the, 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 that's going to be the phenomenal. Three industry. Yeah, I'm going to be like the, like a, a well-known uh, uh, guy for raising money for charities here. <laughs> um, give me back where we were. Sorry. You, got I, me, you took me on this path and I, what? Just, just trying to figure out how people should pay themselves. themselves. So you okay. said uh, some people use profit, you know, they, they use distributions instead of salaries or whatever. Yeah, and so, I mean, salaries and distributions is usually one of the best, again, based on taxes and such. And again, I'm not a tax professional, yep. but using that would well, be... I guess what I'm looking for is, let's say you're, you're, you're year one and your company made, and you got, let's say, two employees, and your company profited $40,000. Okay. So what do you do with the forty grand? Do you pay yourself? Do you, do you reinvest it? Do you do half and half? What, what, would, what would you, from your perspective, what would your advice be on that? The first couple of years, I'd say definitely reinvest it back in the business. Uh, we want to make, we always want businesses to have positive equity in their balance sheet, you know, because we want to make sure that you have money and skin in the game and that you're just not relying on the bank to do all of your financing. 
Right. You know, we love it for the interest, but we really want to be able to be able to balance. So again, not to get too nerdy on on things, but that would be the retained earnings spot on your balance sheet, right? Exactly. Okay. And people always say, "Well, how much should I have in retained earning?" It, it, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it, it, it depends to every business. But again, to really answer your question, for, for a startup business, the first couple of years, you know, you need to really be investing back in your business and not living that that extravagant lifestyle. Right. Let it. And I don't think, you know, going to Ocean Shores every three months or something, or, you know, going on. I'm not saying that they were going to a four-star resort, the Four Seasons in Maui. Sure. Um, but it just, you know, it's it's always been interesting to see how people kind of approach that and um, – I just find that people are in a big hurry to get there before they're there. Well, also what's interesting too is how you do your personal finances is how you'll do your business finances. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Last week, uh, Kieran was on and he said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And, and uh, I, I preach that a lot. I'm really a big believer in that. So um, Bankers look with, you know, credit reports. You know, everything's about, um, you know, do you want uh, – Per, good personal credit, good business credit. We just want good everything credit. You know, we, we want everything good. Okay. Yeah. What? But at the end of the day, until you're the size of Walmart, really your personal credit means more than your business credit. You don't gotcha. want to have bad credit. Don't sure. get me wrong. But you want to have really good personal credit because really you're going to have personal guarantees on your loans and lines that you do. Right. So again, if you have horrible credit on the personal side, how do you think you're going to run your business? Right. It's a direct correlation. Gotcha. Okay. So it's not so much about dollars in, dollars out. It's it's more of a, a mindset, in your opinion. I absolutely agree. It's a mindset. You okay. know, banks lend to people. Yeah. The other and thing I see folks do that that is really, um, and again, I know that, you know, there's certain things that just are not fun to get into. Um, again, I, I just, going to see a banker is just reminding me of like a doctor so much. The only time you think about it is when you need something, and by then it's too late, almost always. Uh, you know, I'm going to see a doctor because I got lung cancer. Well, you've been smoking for 64 years. What do you expect? You know, and I'm going to see a, a banker because, oh my gosh, we, you know, we're, we're hurting. Well, you had, you had bought twice as much equipment as you should have last year. What do you expect? Yep. Kind of the same thing. Pill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing I see folks do is, is just not having a handle on their accounting. So when you say, mm. um, I want to know what your retained earnings are, and they go, um, well, What's retained I have a bookkeeper that takes care of all that for me, and it's my sister's best friend from college's mom. And you find out the bookkeeper may or may not be qualified, but um, the person who's running the business certainly has no understanding even of what's going on, let alone if it's accurate or not. And they get the information back from whoever is doing that. And um, I just see tons of folks that, that really have no clue what their real financial health is like because they don't, they don't so understand scary. it. They, they hand it off to somebody who may or may not be qualified, oftentimes not. Uh, and again, there's just like there's good and bad contractors, there's good and bad everybody. There's good and bad bookkeepers and good and bad mm-hmm. sign makers and whatever. Um, but they, they, they just don't have a clue. And when when I ask them, I, I have folks that I do some coaching with, and they come to me and say, hey, well, I need help with this. And I say, okay, well, let me see your balance sheet. And they would say, well, I don't really know what's on there. I don't understand this stuff. And they just kind of push it off. And I'm like, well, you got to no. get a handle on this. And, and, oh, by the way, your receivables say you owe this company $77,000. Well, that's not right. I, I know it's not right. <laughs> It's not right, but that's what it says. Um, how do you, how, you know, and if, again, folks approach us like going to the doctor. So how do we get folks to 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 want to get on top of this and, you know. Finances are not everyone's strong suit. And so you have to be able to have 
a good bookkeeper, a good CPA, do you, you can bounce questions off of and be able to keep you on track. That person should also teach you a little bit. It shouldn't be a mystery what retained earnings are, and you should know what your numbers are. When I look at a balance sheet, the first thing I look for is, do I see any negative numbers on a balance sheet? Right. And where are they? Um, you know, because if there's negative numbers in your checking account, well, that just doesn't sound good, first <laughs> of all. But also means maybe you didn't balance. Maybe you are overdrawn. I don't know. But I look for the negative things. And so when I see the negative things, either they don't have a bookkeeper because they haven't balanced it or whatever the case is. Or they just say, oh, I just have it. I put some things in it and I, you know, it, right. you really need to work with your CPA. The CPA and bookkeeper need to, to be able to teach you. And you do need to understand. I know that not finance is not everyone's thing, but you got to be able to understand the basics. Yeah. Google it, YouTube. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's plenty there's, of education. There's, yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there. There's, there's super simple books that you can read that, that take you through at least the basics so you can at least refer to them when, when you are having these conversations. You can open a page 92 and, okay, here's a reminder what a balance sheet is supposed to look like and Isn't what they do. there some book that you were preaching not that long ago? Yeah, um, it's called Financial Statements. <laughs> That's what it's called. And it's Ooh, just... It's, it's really nice. Well, again, it's, it's accounting. So, I mean, it's not going to be sunshine and unicorns. That's for sure. But uh, it is just a very basic... Um, and Mark Anderson actually is the one that, that showed it to us. But mm-hmm. um, it, it starts out with super, super basic things. What, you know, what what a transaction looks like on the balance sheet. And then you get into way more complicated things. But it takes you through the acid test and all that kind of stuff you're talking about with right. your with your uh, DSRC or whatever. Um, anyhow, there's, there's stuff out there. But I guess my point was um, folks run from it because it's not comfortable for them. It's scary. It's intimidating. And, oh, my God, what if, what if, it, what if I have lung cancer? What if I have bad numbers on there? Nobody wants to hear that. And so they just operate in the dark all the time. And um, I think for most folks... You know that that would be one of the number one things I would say is just get even if it's bad, just get a handle on it, get an understanding of where you're at. Because when you walk into a banker and say I want to borrow money, and your balance sheet and your P and L don't make sense, you're not off to a very good start, probably. Or when your balance and you sheet get, doesn't no. 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 <laughs> right. Or when your balance sheet doesn't balance, it's in the right. name, people. <laughs> it's right. got to balance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so what? You got any more train wrecks? Or are we on to home runs? Oh, home runs! Absolutely. Okay, let's get to some home runs. Uh, you know, there's um, there there's a business that I worked with a couple of years ago, and I love working with businesses that come down. They'll sit with me, and they'll say, "You know what? I just want to sit down. And I want to strategize with you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I love those. Rather than I have a problem, can you help me out right. with it? Or right, right. Who's this? Um, I have a customer who um, just ran into some financial issues. You know, we we all have financial issues in our life. Um, And in this case, you know, had some back taxes and some other issue stuff, Mm -hmm. but had a a building that had phenomenal collateral. Nice. Um, So, you know, what we ended up doing is he, you know, he's like, I want to take care of this. I mean, he was weeks away from getting axed out. Wow. Um, And business has been around for a really long time. So, you know, we sat down. What can we do? Let's strategize. You know, in the best case, you know, he had a credit score that was, you know, down there pretty far in the low 500s. Wow. Um, So, I mean, there's not much a bank can do. It's, you know, unfortunately, it's an unbankable deal is is what we call it. And so, you know, there's what's called hard money lenders out there. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's 
that, that's not a also real also sexy in the name. Thing for, yeah, it is exactly. <laughs> it's you know for hard times. Yeah, yeah. And, hard you know, luck. Yeah, hard luck. Um, so in this case, you know, referred him over to a hard money lender to be able to get him out of his uh, thing. You know, mm-hmm. is it expensive? Absolutely, it's expensive. Um, but it's most that. of these lessons are. Yeah, it's that or you know the cash machine gets shut down. What right. are you going to do? Sure. And so you know, in this case, we sat down. We had a plan. Um, you ended up getting the hard money loan. Got everything taken care of. Did everything I say. Went and got his credit repaired. Paid things off. Did absolutely everything that I asked for. And he came back a year later and goes, I did everything I can. Uh, my credit score was a 5, 10, 5, whatever. He was at 705 or something, which I've never seen that large of a, wow. of a jump over a year. In a year, yeah. It was incredible. Um, and then he's like, well, I need to refinance my building now to get out of the hard money. So you have no debt, you have a 700 credit score, <laughs> your income's still doing well, and there's still lots of equity in your building. Oh, gee, that's going to be a real tough one for me. Right, right, right. I need a yes button, too. I, I, uh, well, I think, yeah, I, think that, I need to, yeah, yeah move that around. Um, <laughs> Probably a good idea to at least, at least have the option or the appearance that you're going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do say yes a lot. Okay, gotcha. all right, all right. Um, but, you know, really having that sitting down, having that plan, and most importantly, doing what we say Oh my gosh, it really goes a long way. So real quick, you touched on on repairing credit, and I know you're not in the credit repair industry, and and folks, there's no shortage of ways people to find it to do that. But, Absolutely. Um, in in the in the scale of things, so we've got you know credit score, we've got cash flow. Uh, what other things are you know? If there's three to five things a banker uses to make a decision, what are those three to five things? Um, you know, character, cash flow, collateral. Um, I would say those are my character, cash flow, collateral, credit score. Well, actually, that's a, we put credit score into character, character. Okay, because that is, do you pay your bills? Okay. Is that um, collateral? If something happens, how are we going to be paid yep. back? You know, so we have to. You have to give us something. Character, I mean, cash flow, collateral. collateral. Yep, and that's pretty uh, much it. Th- those are my three. Those okay, are so three. so rank those in order. Which one's the most important? Character by far. You lend to people. That is an absolute thing. So when you lend to people. Do they pay their bills? Do they say what they're going to do? The character you lend you lend to people. You know you may have uh, a bankruptcy because you got into a bad divorce, medical issues. That's another main thing for bankruptcies. You know people go through hard times. Again, banks we understand that. But what did you do to get out of it? Did you right. offer to to pay back anything? What kind of bankruptcy did you do? Mm-hmm. Is it the one where you just say? Eh. I ain't paying it, or was it the structured where you're paying it back? Gotcha. Um, so character is number one. Character is absolutely number one. All right. Um, cash flow, how are you going to afford the loan? That's a big deal. And, you know, again, historically is ideally what we're looking for. Right. And so I would say that would be number two. And, and again, then we collateral. Service. collateral. And then collateral. Be, yeah. What kind of collateral are okay. you going to give us on that? Those are, the, those are my three that, that we look at. Gotcha. That, that gives people a good place to start, I think. Uh, and if, if they have a 500 credit score like you're talking about, um, yeah, I think the companies that I don't know what they charge for that kind of thing. They're probably fifty bucks a month or hundred bucks a month or something like that. Yeah, it all depends on um, how bad and how much I'm, work they I'm, have to do. I'm guessing in your mind, money well spent. <laughs> Absolutely, and it all depends. You know, there's a lot of times on people's credit report that people pay things off, um, but it, and it shows off as paid. And one of the things that I really want to make sure that all the listeners have, any time you have to pay any sort of type of of a collection or a bill, say you, when you give them a call, say hey, you know what? I'm going to pay this. I'll pay it. However, I will pay this if you remove it from my credit bureau. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, the credit, the credit 
company. Collection company. Collection company just wants to be paid. That's how they make their money. Right. Okay? That's a whole other episode on how collection. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 let me get started on yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Future episode. Yeah. Um, but being able the to. Last time. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so they, yeah. they just want to get paid. Uh, tell they just want to be paid. So, so, tell, so you say, hey, I'll, I'll pay you the, the 450 bucks or whatever I owe on there, but have it removed and get it in writing from them writing. before you do yeah. it. Okay. Um, you know, there's a Good lot tip. of shit out there. So okay. do that. Um, back to your back to your home run stories. What are their folks? What else are folks doing that uh, they really like? Um, you know, doing your doing your due diligence when you're looking at things. Whether you're buying a business, um, I do a lot of business acquisition financing, and there is a um, a great co- client that went to um, buy a um, a distribution type of business, and so they started looking at the numbers, and the numbers kind of didn't make sense. You know, for, from a banker standpoint. From immediate looked, it looked fine. But in this case, the borrower was really going into the P&L and really diving into each number. This doesn't make sense. And this doesn't make sense. And so all of a sudden, the revenue started to dip. Well, why did that happen? Well, in this case, in the distribution company, mm-hmm. they lost their largest client a couple months prior. <laughs> so they had the business for sale. Now, yeah. whether they knew that was going to sure, happen yeah, or not, yeah. it's a different story. But I think they were hoping to unload it before. Of course, yeah. Well, again. Buy low and sell high. That's the way it works, right? Absolutely. Well, you start looking <laughs> at this, and it doesn't make any sense. And so and so in this case, you know, again, doing your due diligence and being able to look into the business. Um, you know, in this case, they were they had the distribution experience, so they knew what to look for. Right. Good. And, and so in this case, you know, they were able to. So, again, to out. again, diving into the details where nobody wants to go doing that is what is what uh, success looks like in this case. Well, in this case, absolutely. Or they'll pay someone else to do it right. again, you know, and maybe a CPA bookkeeper could have picked up on it, too. But they had the mindset. They wanted to know. Gotcha. And then that's a big. OK, that's awesome thing there. Um, you know, st- startup loans are tough to start up a business. Um it's, it's remarkably hard. And so um, when you do have, uh, I, I finance startup businesses. I've, I've done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's one out there right now that is startup. And talk about, again, same type of thing. They know the industry. They know their numbers. They know that if they build it, people will come. And they have all of the support that goes with that. It was a no-brainer to be able to lend. Um, you know, having extra collateral helps, right. <laughs> making sure that the loan's properly collateralized. You know, we use SBA, et cetera. But if you have really good data and you really understand your your industry in, I mean, you're just you're you're a ten in the nerd scale mm-hmm. uh, of your industry. I love those types of people right. because they they get it, and if they have a business mindset as well, and so they understand their numbers, they come to me with a PNL and the balance sheet, and they know what retained earnings are. You know, and they want to do a startup. It just it makes a big thing, a gotcha. big, big difference. So, so there's a couple of things I want to hit before we run out of time, and we're we're getting we're getting uh, kind of close here. So, um, real quick, just pick three random industries, and and give me what what a good margin or profit margin, either gross margin or profit margin, should look like for those industries. What what is a safe number for you know? You pick the industry. That is such a crazy question. <laughs> I I don't even know what you to even, say. You can't even say it depends. I mean, if, I, if I'm running, well, if I, I was if, trying to avoid it. If actually, I'm, if I'm if I'm running a, a food truck uh, or a restaurant or uh, um, I mean, do you? Or it sounds like you don't even care. Oh, we care. The problem is though, is every industry is different. 
Okay. And so I have computers and I have things that tell me a lot of this stuff. And I just don't know off so the you, top okay. of my head you don't know okay, gotcha. what every right, single profit margin would be. I mean, we want it to be a, a good profit. Right. How's that? <laughs> well, it sounds like it depends to me. But. Yeah, it is definitely. Uh, okay. And one other thing we talked about earlier, we first, first started about you, you, you cautioning folks about you know getting too outside their wheelhouse kind of thing. One of the things that folks always talk about is getting into real estate. Okay, I made a ton of money with my company and now I'm going to go buy houses or I'm going to go buy rentals or I'm going to go buy apartment complexes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that fit in your scale of steer clear or, or well, I'm all for it? Well, I mean, real estate, I mean, generally speaking, real estate always appreciates. And so, I mean, yeah, we have times where there's 2008 and things depreciate. Well, it happens. Everything does. Look at your stock portfolio. Look at real estate. Look at everything. Real estate's still a phenomenal investment. So you would, from your perspective, then you would say, rather than starting a second line of business, you would you would maybe choose a real estate path instead. Absolutely. You know, I have I have one customer that start that purchased a business and then purchased two more unrelated businesses around there. Great operator and can run all three businesses. Most people can't run three different types of businesses successfully. Right. You know, real estate, how much work do you really have to do into it? Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of, if you have a property management, you literally just finance it, sit back, wait for your check in the mail. Right. You know, if you want to be more hands-on, you can be the property manager sure. and go through the hell is that goes through. Right. But again, real estate is just an easier way to to do that and I think we're seeing that now with, you know, real estate prices. So you would, so if you were if you were Jeff Bezos in 1995, you would have gotten into real estate instead of expanding Amazon. Are you on the record of saying that? I never said that <laughs> that bankers make the best decisions per fair, se. Fair we're, enough. we're a conservative people. Real real quick, give me a, a 30 or 45 second explanation. What is quote unquote good debt? Good debt. Um, good debt is anything I would say outside of credit card debt. Um, and does it help your business? Uh, again, I'm talking pure business. So if you buy a truck and that is going to hire another individual to, for you to do more work and have more income on the top line and bottom line, that's Mm -hmm. good debt. Would you say? Yeah. Um, I am going to buy a airplane because I'm rich and I, and I want one. Is that good debt or bad debt? That's bad. Yeah. debt. Okay. You know, um, so and well, if, if I get FU money, I think that's good debt. That's fine. Do whatever. <laughs> Invest in real estate. You're right. not sure about an airplane. Um, does it, does it actually help or benefit your business? Um, th- that's, that's the main thing. Credit card debt. Keep your credit card debt low. Use the credit cards for what they are, and that is to be able to make short purchases in 30 days and pay them off. Right. And, you know, collect rewards, all that type of stuff. There's plenty sure. of benefits for it, but don't carry balances. That is really what's considered bad debt or okay. stupid debt. Cool. Um, so quick little thing. I'll just give you my personal story with Paul. Um, what's your CEO's name? Mike Sand. Mike Sand. <laughs> so, Mike, if you're listening still, if you've made it 50 minutes in or whatever we are, um, <laughs> Our story is very much like what Paul mentioned. Um, I went through the turmoil of 2008, 2009, not unblemished. Uh, had what, what you call it, hair on my credit. <laughs> hair, yeah. And uh, long before we were a Timberland customer, um, Paul did a great job of uh, uh, giving us a plan, giving us a two-year plan on how to get out of that situation. And true to his word, when we when we hit the benchmarks he set out, we became a Timberland customer, and, and he began loaning us money. And... and um, Really, that relationship and, and doing that regular, I think we met probably quarterly, 
uh, maybe every six months in the beginning, but for sure quarterly after a while, uh, going to the doctor, taking my medicine, uh, being told all the things I didn't want to hear or that I already knew. But having, the main thing for me was having a plan out of it. it. You know, do this, and then once you've done that, come back, and then we'll do this. And then, you know, do these things. And, and uh, you gave me some very specific things to do to make it better, and I really appreciate that. So, Mike, if you're listening, Paul's a, Paul's a fantastic <laughs> employee. And all for the rest of you guys listening, if you don't have a relationship with your banker like that where they are strategizing with you and being a business partner, I would definitely recommend you reach out to Paul. Uh, anything else you want to say before we take off? No, I mean definitely. Just like you said, you know, have a strategy. I do strategy sessions all the time with businesses. What do you charge for those? Uh, nothing, nothing. Believe it or not, yeah. I know you make up for it on your commission on the uh, what, what do they call it? It's when called you... loan fees. Yeah, loan <laughs> fees. Yeah, you make up for it then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, ha- having that strategy and being able to sit down and uh, again, whether it's me or somebody else, if the banker isn't willing to sit down with you and have a conversation about strategy, they're not the right person. It. it you need to have that strategy. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, just a couple things I want to touch on. Uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, we are looking for sponsors for this. So if you like what you hear and you want to you want to sponsor the show, we'd be glad to throw your logo up and, and uh, some other benefits that will come along with that. Uh, also, if you hear some things you have questions on and you, you're not really sure how to, how to find the answers, you can always reach out to me. My email address is brianlharding at gmail.com. I'm available uh, for – I do some one-on-one coaching. I do some other stuff that – if you have uh, questions on stuff, you can certainly reach out to me there. Uh, I have a YouTube channel now that we set up, and, and the link for that is on the Facebook page. So if you prefer YouTube over Facebook, uh, you can find a link for that on there. And uh, next week, I'm really excited. We're going to have an attorney on, and we're going to do the Ooh, same. We're gonna do, well, it says the banker. Uh, um, we're going to have the same it depends rule with the banker and the CPA, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Keith Armstrong is going to be on with us next week, and I'm super excited about that. And again, I've asked Keith to bring examples of things that people do that get themselves in trouble and things that people have done to, to hit home runs in, in uncomfortable situations. And uh, again, I'll always throw in my own two cents on that. So everybody, thanks for listening. I really appreciate everything you guys have, uh, all the support you guys have given me so far. It's been a real positive experience for me. And I hope you're getting something out of this. And I hope you chuckle along the way. And uh, with that, we'll wrap it up for this week. See you next week. Thanks. Thanks.